Gigi, how are you? Good morning. Good morning, Ambie. How are you doing? Oh, I love that. You matched my energy so well. <laughs> Hell yeah. You got, you know, you, you set me up for success. So I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta keep going through. Oh man. Love that. Let's talk about you and comedy and uh, we're celebrating episode number 30 today. Woo. Woo woo. 30. Yes. Um, so you've been one of my favorite comedians out in the DC scene and you've been killing it. Absolutely. Um, this weekend, actually, you'll be emceeing at the DC Improv, which is super exciting. Yes, I am. It's my first time performing at the DC Improv where I'm not paying them money to get on stage. Hell yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> so, so I'm excited. And they do, they do call it emceeing, which is weird because most shows ask you to be a host, but this right. one has to be an MC. So I don't know if I need another set of skills other than hosting. I guess it's a DC improv thing then. It must be. It must be. But I'm, I've I'm, never heard that term anywhere else. I'm using their word. I've only heard it for powwows. Like you, you have an MC for a powwow. And then so I'm like, is it because I'm Indian? I don't know. <laughs> if they're like, you know what? she she She's an MC. <laughs> Love that. So how did you get into comedy and what mediums do you perform and how long have you been doing it? Wow. Okay. Lots of, we're starting off strong here. (laughs) I think I'm going to go backwards in your line of questions. So I've been performing for five years. Uh, That's standup comedy. Mm -hmm. And that's the only one I really count because that's, that's what I used other forms of comedy to get to stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. Like I totally used improv so that I could eventually do stand-up. And right. um, so other forms of comedy that I have performed and I do perform are, um, of course, it's stand-up. Improv is ingrained into stand-up, especially if you have um, audiences. <laughs> and you need to react to them and I write sketch comedy now I'd like to I'm trying to work on a pilot episode of an original series at this point as far as comedic writing goes I mean the pandemic was good for for writing right oh for sure and um so those are the types of comedy and I'll do any type of comedy if someone asks me like improv was the first type of comedy I did. And so mm-hmm. I, yes, and the heck out of everything. Like if somebody asked me to do something, um, it's yes, yes. And how do, how do I figure out how to do this thing? Um, but why did I start comedy? I actually, I wanted to be a comedian. I want to be an actress, model, comedian, whatever, when I was little. And my father is um, second generation Croatian here in America and my mother is forever here Hickory Apache in America and they both had very hard childhoods and they said absolutely not you need to have a job that pays money and so I I went away from the arts I was never at the arts but I then never pursued the arts uh so so uh, it wasn't until I'd, I'd, I'd gone through college and law school and I became a lawyer. I was at a big law firm. I was married and, and yeah, I was doing the things that everyone says you should do. And my ex-husband decided to divorce me and it was out of the blue. I had no idea what was happening. And 
And everything just kind of like everything I'd worked for for about 35 years just kind of fell apart. And it was the perfect time to start comedy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So I, I ended up starting to take classes at the DC Improv just to keep myself from falling into a deep, dark place. And uh, it was beautiful. Like it was just beautiful to be reborn into the person that I originally wanted to be. And now I'm remarried again to a comedian and life is great. And we have a great dog and, and, and everything's actually working out very well. So living goals right now, literally. (laughs) I am. I am. (laughs) Love that. So you know, when it comes to your stand-up, what inspires your material? What is your writing process or performance process? And so one of the things I'm most afraid of doing is um, accidentally stealing material. Mm-hmm. And so I will weird. not, I will not, it's weird. I won't watch a lot of comedy and I won't listen to a lot of comedy because I don't want to be air quotes inspired by Mm -hmm. someone else's experience. So um, you'll see a lot of comedians now write about personal experiences because that's the only way that you can assure that your joke is your joke. hundred percent. So my comedy is, is, is very much from my experiences and the things that get the most laughs are actually are things that actually happen. People love reality. Um, it's just crafting a story in a way that allows people to see the humor in it. Um, mm-hmm. Like one of my favorite jokes uh, that I do is, you know, when people find out I'm Native American, um, the joke goes, I get peppered with a plethora of predictable questions. And that's because alliteration is funny to people. So you do that. <laughs> peppered with a plethora of predictable questions. And the question I get most often is, and then I have to do vocal fry. So what's your Indian name? (laughs) And I actually do that and get that question a lot. And it's very exasperating. But the punchline is, uh, so I tell them it's Gigi. Yeah, very easy (laughs) to pronounce. You just have to hit that right octave. Like, so, so comedy is, is, everything that's written is, is usually true, at least for me. And, um, the writing process isn't so much a process. It's I'm trying to make it a process now, Mm -hmm. like now in the pandemic, I'm kind of learning, uh, discipline (laughs) and I'll try to write, actually sit down and write in the mornings for about an hour. But the usual process is something will happen. Um, to me or in front of me and my brain will be like WTF that was so weird and then I open up a notebook that I carry around and I scribble down the the thing that made my brain go off like that was a strange interaction clearly that needs to be retold again and again (laughs) so so that's my usual writing process Mm -hmm. I love that that's great (laughs) so do you think like who you are I've met you know on stage GG and I met off stage GG before so do you think there's a person you know the difference between the two the persona I'm still so that's a great question Uh, I'm still just five years in and what veteran comedians will tell you is it takes about a decade to develop your on stage 
persona. Mm-hmm. And so right now, I think my, my onstage persona is still <laughs> very much myself. Um, except for nobody interrupts me when I talk. <laughs> <laughs> so it feels like this wild and bridled person because, because no one's going to interrupt unless they like want to get my wrath. And <laughs> if you do know me off stage, you don't want that either. So, <laughs> so I, I think it's, it's, it's pretty similar. Of course, I'm a little more over the top, a little louder. Um, I pronounce words differently on stage. That's intentional. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'll describe my father as, you know, if you ask me what he is, and we're off stage, I was like, oh, he's white, he's Croatian. But if I'm on stage, I say he's white. Because for some reason, the like the the lead up so, to yeah. gets people tickled. So <laughs> well, on stage, Gigi has a bit of a speech impediment, is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh man. On stage and off stage, Gigi are both great people. Oh, thank you. Of course. Neither of them have murdered anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you've been in the DC scene. Um, what what is the DC scene like for you? And what do you think needs to be improved? And I know since you know coming from the pandemic, um, you've done online shows. What was how was this adjust, adjustment like um to from live from online to live? back like in person oh the adjustment yeah those are lots of questions um thank you (laughs) those are great questions there are a lot uh the adjustment from and again I'll go backwards because that's just how my brain works I'm very backwards person um going from zoom online comedy to in-person comedy because I used to say live versus zoom but I realized we're both live like it's it's so going from Zoom to in person uh, was rough. I had, I've only done two shows at this point before I do my DC Improv debut. And my first show, I was booked to do a 15 minute feature set. Whoa. Go from nothing to 15 minutes. Right. At least five of those minutes were probably crap. And it was rough. Uh, and there was a photographer in the audience and he took photos of me. And I actually maintained weight during the pandemic but you can't tell so I'm just gonna tell people I gained it because like like I was saying earlier like um snap camera is what I've been using for zoom like you can very much curate your appearance and how people see you and I don't carry weight in my face like it it's a it's great um I do carry it in my midsection and nobody saw that for over a year so psychologically seeing photos of yourself doing zoom comedy versus in-person comedy, at least for a woman who was born in the eighties, growing up during like unattainable beauty standards. It's, it's odd. It's odd. Um, transitioning back and it's rough. Um, actually seeing people again. Again, Yeah, I'm sure. I'm very grateful, but I feel like the audience also doesn't know how to, how to be at a comedy show anymore either. A hundred percent. Like everyone was just so used to putting on the mute button and then resuming their lives while they had ambient comedy in the back. But like, 
I'm just like, oh, hey, hello. We're up here now. This is our life's <laughs> work. Thank you. Um, the DC comedy scene, uh, pre-pandemic and post-pandemic, completely different. Uh, a lot of the venues that used to host live comedy are no longer options, no longer operating. Um, I'm very grateful the DC Improv was able to weather um, weather the storm. Mm-hmm. But um, there, there are a few brick and mortars that they weren't comedy clubs per se, but they, they had comedy, like a very good comedy presence. They're just gone. Um, the interesting thing, uh, impossible com or improbable comedy, woman owned, uh, DC improv woman owned, I think did very well and thrived during the pandemic. So I'm seeing a pattern of very resilient women, uh, sustaining themselves during, during this time. So I think that's brilliant and beautiful. Hell yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll still be booked by guys. That's great. But like, <laughs> but um, it's very different. And the scene before the pandemic, I think the DC comedy scene is, is um, there's definitely uh, cohorts or cliques or groups of people that mm-hmm. associate with each other. And I don't uh, think I fit in any one of them. And I don't feel like I'm ostracized by any one of them, but I don't feel embraced by any one of them. And that's fine. Um, just means I can't get comfortable and I have to work very hard. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally get that. And I think truly you're one of the strongest comedians in the scene. Oh you know, my gosh. Of course, Thank you were truly one of my favorites. I think it was you, Sophia. Oh, I love her. Jenny Calavero. Uh, very good and caitlin mcdermott i think that's how you pronounce her last name were like the first like few comedians i like generally met in the dc comedian who accepted me and was like here oh wow it's just well, it yeah i think that's how it should be i don't know i there's people who who fall into different groups and i'm gonna make this too black and white too too I don't, I don't know, bilateral, I, I don't know the right word, but like, there are two types of comedians. <laughs> there are the comedians that think that if you get booked for something, they don't get that slot. Mm-hmm. And they, they're competing against you for everything. And then there's the other group of comedians and I feel like maybe a lot of the the women fall into this category is everybody can sparkle and there's room for everyone because not everyone's gonna love my comedy they might like your comedy better or more or they might not you know there's there's a space for everyone and if we can lift everyone up I know this sounds like a TED talk now we can (laughs) everyone up and just give everyone the space um, to be heard and perform, I, I think that's overall, it makes a better comedy scene and it brings more people to a show because folks, folks are going to want to see, they're going to want to see their communities represented and their, mm-hmm. their ideas represented. Mm-hmm. And one comedian cannot possibly quench the comedic thirst of the audience, like as a whole. So 
So I, I think that maybe, um, you know, with a lot of the, the women's groups in DC, we're, we're seeing a lot more of that. I hope so, where everyone gets to sparkle. Yeah, hundred percent. I think I loved what the, I was, um, I think it was Sophia who added me to the uh, Facebook group, the shoulder pads. Perfect. Yeah. And I was like, I love this group. I love everyone in this group. Like yeah. it was literally, it's like, I think it's how I got my job at Improbable Comedy. Like it's, it's, it's just how it works. It's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, so I don't want to take up too much time because I know you have work, but um what are your hopes and dreams uh, for the future of comedy for you? So I've been doing a lot of uh, a, a lot of kind of self-improvement. No, I haven't been actually improving myself. I've been doing a lot of hope, hoping <laughs> and a lot of reading. I did the artist way this this year, um, which is kind of which is basically a, an artist self-improvement uh, course. And, um, even like the financial advisors that I'm reading, everyone, everyone kind of has this, like, there's something called chaos magic, this like thing that, that you do where you breathe into existence and like you say things as if they've already happened. And so like one of the mantras that, that I have, and I can't use the word mantra, it's cultural appropriation. One of the mottos I have is, um, um, from a financial advisor that I read. And it, it is, I am a multimillionaire retiree. And so in that it says what, what you are. And so I, I want to be a multimillionaire retiree. I just want to stop working and then like, but also have plenty of money to take care of me and everyone I love. Um, so for comedy um, is my, my motto is I am an internationally known comedian. Hell yeah. I had, a, I had I'm, I am an internationally known, like highly regarded comedian. Cause I don't want to be like known for like stupid shit. Like, <laughs> I so, love that. so the goal, yeah, the goal is, the goal is to reach a height where, where like Michelle Wolf and, and, um, Ali Wong and Amy Schumer and all of these comedians, Jim Gaffigan, Patton Oswalt are my peers. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel like you'll get there. Thank yeah. you. Of course. And my last question for you is what advice do you have for future comics or something you wish someone told you when you first started out doing comedy? Mm. I think I've, can I do two pieces? Can yeah. I- so future for advice for future comedians, um, again, this is year five for me and a lot of folks that I started with quit after year one or two. Mm-hmm. And so if this is something you want, you're going to suck for a long time. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not going to be, it's not easy. It's not fast. Um, but if you want it, keep going. And if somebody tells you you're not funny, keep going. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, if it's what you want, go after it. Um, and something that I wish someone told me at the beginning, and I, I, my feminism is really coming out in this interview, but like you, this is probably just 
for the ladies or for anyone who's marginalized or for anyone who, who is, is pushed down. There is no one booker that holds your future in his or her hands. There is no one person. And if that person asks you to do something and you are uncomfortable or your intuition says, this is a bad situation, listen to your gut. You don't need that show. You don't need it. And if you are finding yourself in a place where, where your intuition is telling you things are wrong, find your community. And there are plenty of communities out there that will tell you where the good mics are, where the safe mics are and um, who to work with, because there are a lot of really good people out there that will help you through your career. So that's, that's the advice that I wish I'd had because I was trying to work with these assholes. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. Cursing's uh, fine. <laughs> just working with these, these jerks that, that would just say stupid things like show me your tits or like, oh, let's go have a drink together. Or something. It's just, you don't have to do that. You can just tell jokes. I love that. That's really yeah. great advice. Um, I love that so much. Thank you for continually inspiring me in the DCC and GG. So it's so much fun. Thank you for having me, Ambie. I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. you doing it early in the morning. Of course. <laughs>